Hello and welcome to a series of podcasts where we will look at wills and probate. I'm Ruth Mayer and a partner at Boyce Turner and throughout the series I'm going to be speaking to Paul Lowry, also a partner at Boyce Turner and head of wills, trusts and probate. Hi Paul, how are you? Good Ruth, how are you? I'm very well thank you. So what are we going to be talking about in this episode? So in this episode, Ruth, I want to talk about lasting powers of attorney and why you should consider making one. Oh, so what exactly is the lasting power of attorney? A power of attorney is a legal document by which you can authorise somebody else, known as your attorney, to make decisions on your behalf. Now, usually a power of attorney requires a person who's giving that power, they're known as the donor, to have capacity when they give the power and also during the existence of the power. So if somebody signs a general power of attorney and then subsequently loses mental capacity, the power of the attorney lapses at that point. Lasting powers of attorney are different in that they will last beyond the mental incapacity of the donor. So these types of power of attorney, they're particularly important with an aging population. So the population is generally living longer and with that comes an increased risk of developing conditions in later life things like alzheimer's which can have an effect on your mental capacity so it's important to think about making a lasting power of attorney as you get older so that if you did lose mental capacity then your attorney would be able to take decisions on your behalf okay so what happens if you don't have a lasting power of attorney so if you don't have a lasting power of attorney in place and you did lose mental capacity it may become very difficult for your family to access your bank accounts and your investments, uh, to pay bills on your behalf and to sell uh, assets, for example, a property on your behalf. If you didn't have uh, a power of attorney in place, then it might be necessary for your family to make an application to the Court of Protection. And that's a specialist court that deals with the affairs of people who lack capacity to take decisions for themselves. And that application would be for a deputy to be appointed by the court. The deputy would then be allowed to make decisions in relation to your property and your finances. This can be costly and time consuming, so it's much better to plan in advance and have the lasting power of attorney in place. Also, if you lose capacity, you might not be able to take decisions about your own personal welfare and things like medical treatment or, or where you live. And by making a lasting power of attorney, you can ensure that you've appointed someone close to you that you trust to take those decisions on your behalf. Okay, so will one lasting power of attorney cover all types of decisions? Currently, no. There are two different types of lasting power of attorney. The first one is called financial decisions. And as the title suggests, this allows your attorneys to take decisions in relation to your finances. So things like paying bills on your behalf, selling a property, uh, making investments, paying a tax bill, any, anything to do with your finances. And the second type of uh, lasting power of attorney is in relation to health and care decisions. So this allows you to appoint an attorney to make decisions about medical treatment, uh, where you live, who you have contact with, and can even include giving or refusing consent to life-sustaining treatment. Okay, so do I actually need both types of lasting power of attorney? Well, that's a decision for each individual to take, uh, but generally our recommendation is that you consider making both types of lasting powers of attorney. So that will be financial decisions and health and care decisions. Okay, I understand. So what should I consider when I make a lasting power of attorney? 
Okay, so the first thing you need to think about is who you're going to appoint as your attorney or attorneys. So usually it's, it's someone close to you. Um, it might be a spouse uh, or your, your children if they're adults. Um, it can be anyone that you trust to make decisions on your behalf. If you don't have any close family, then of course um, it is possible to appoint a professional attorney. So a solicitor, for example. Um, you need to think about, are you going to have just one attorney or are you going to have more than one attorney appointed? If you only have one attorney appointed, what happens if they die or lose mental capacity? If you choose to appoint more than one attorney, how are they going to act together? Um, if you appoint more than one attorney, you can choose that they act jointly, and that means they have to take their decisions together, or it can be jointly and severally where they can take decisions together or separately. Now that's generally more flexible. Um, there is a third option, which generally we don't recommend because it can create complications where you can have some decisions taken jointly and some decisions taken jointly and severally, but then you have to carefully set out um, which decisions can be taken in which way. Now, if you've got more than one attorney and they're appointed to act jointly and one of those attorneys dies or loses mental capacity, then unfortunately the other attorney or attorneys can't continue to act because they can't act jointly anymore. So that's another thing to think about when you, you're deciding whether or not to appoint them jointly or jointly and severally. Now, the elastic power of attorney form itself, it has to be signed by you and each of your attorneys also need to sign the document and all the signatures have to be in the presence of an independent witness. And in addition to those people, there's, an, there's another third party that has to sign the document and they're called the certificate provider. So the, the, the role of the certificate provider is to confirm that when you sign the lasting power of attorney, you understand what you're signing, you understand the nature and the extent of the authority that you're giving to your attorneys and that no one's forced you or tricked you into signing it and there's nothing else that prevent that power of attorney from being valid. So the certificate provider can be uh, what's called skills-based certificate provider so that's usually a solicitor or an accountant uh, or a doctor. Um, you can also have a certificate provider um, who's called a knowledge-based certificate provider. That's someone who's known you personally for at least two years but can't be a member of your family. And when the form is signed, it has to be signed in a particular order. So you sign first, then your certificate provider signs it, and then your attorneys have to sign it. And if you don't sign in the, that correct order of signature, then the power of attorney um, isn't valid. You don't all have to be there at the same time. Um, so you can sign the document, your certificate provider sign it straight after because your certificate provider has to talk to you um, about the power of attorney before they can sign their part. And after that, it could be posted out to your attorney separately. So what happens next, Paul? What happens once the document's been signed by everyone? Is it valid and ready to be used? Um, not quite, no. There's, a, there's another stage after that. So after that, um, before it can be used, it has to be registered at the Office of the Public Guardian. And the Office of the Public Guardian is an executive agency sponsored by the Ministry of Justice. And its role, as far as lasting power of attorneys go, is to set them up and is to set up sorry set up and manage a register so there's a register of all the lasting powers of attorney that have been made in this country and that are currently ready to be used now once you've signed a power of attorney if if you want you can decide not to register it straight away but it can't be used until it's registered and if it's needed in a hurry the registration process is usually at least eight to ten weeks so our recommendation is generally 
if you're going to sign one of uh, these powers of attorney, then you might as well get it registered straight away so it's ready to be used just in case it's needed. Okay, so can they be used immediately after being registered? So with a financial decisions lasting power of attorney, uh, you could use it straight away, your, your attorneys could use it straight away, even if you still got capacity, if that's what you want. But you can specify in the document itself that um, it can only be used when you've lost capacity, if that's your preference. With a health and care decisions lasting power of attorney, that's slightly different. Your attorneys can only take decisions on your behalf in relation to your health and care if you've lost capacity and you can't take those decisions for yourself. So let's talk about cost. Are they expensive to make? Well, so the cost of registering uh, a lasting power of attorney at the Office of the Public Guardian is £82 per power of attorney. Um, in terms of uh, solicitors' costs, we charge fixed fees, and if clients approach us, we can send those out and request. The fixed fee includes meeting with the client, taking instructions, preparing the document, uh, assisting with the execution, including acting as certificate provider, and then dealing with the registration at the Office of the Public Guardian on behalf of the client. And do you always need a solicitor to prepare a lasting power of attorney? No, you don't. Uh, you can um, prepare them and make the application yourself on the government website. Um, if you decide to use a solicitor to assist you, you're not paying us to fill in the form. You're, what you're doing is really you're paying us for the advice so that you can be uh, aware of all of the options that are open to you and uh, decide which decision is suitable for your circumstances. Mm, there's quite a lot to consider with lasting powers of attorney, isn't there? There is. Um, what, what we've talked about today is really only a brief overview of lasting powers of attorney. Um, just to keep it simple and, and keep it short. But if you need to find out more information, go onto our website or you can go onto the government website uh, or give us a call or send us an email and we'll be happy to talk to you. So what are we talking about in the next episode? So in the next episode, Ruth, I'm gonna talk about what happens after somebody dies and the process to go through uh, to obtain a grant of probate and what a grant of probate is. That was Paul Lowry. As Paul mentioned, there are more episodes coming soon, so do look out for them. The best way to make sure you don't miss them is by subscribing on whatever podcast platform you use. Thank you for listening and goodbye.